This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, this year, 2024, is a year in which there will be many elections, very important elections in the UK, the European elections. We are due to have an election ourselves, but there is no doubt that the most consequential election this year will be held in the United States of America in November. And there is no doubt either that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee to contest that election. And it is highly likely that President Joe Biden will be his opponent. It is, after all that Trump has said and done, remarkable, but he is unstoppable. He appears to have a grip on a significant section of the Republican Party. And remarkably, in New Hampshire, where there was a primary last week, when voters were asked about the fairness of the last election, whether Biden was the legitimate president, 49% said Biden was the legitimate president, but 49% disagreed and said it had not been fair and Trump should have been anointed president. To discuss this now, we're joined by an American, but one we know very well. Lara Marlowe is a brilliant journalist. She was Paris correspondent for the Irish Times for a very long time and is still a contributor to the Irish Times. And on the 16th of December, she wrote a piece which was headlined, Americans are sleepwalking into a dictatorship why aren't they more afraid? And I think it's a question that most of us are asking ourselves as we watch the numbers and see the extent to which Trump is a very popular figure in the United States and a real threat, in many people's view, to the stability and indeed the very fact of a democracy being alive and well in that country. Lara, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to The Stand the piece you wrote was remarkable because it did outline much of what this man has done and how it appears not to have made any difference to his supporters 
and there are many of them. Thank you, Eamon. Uh, yes, I, I find it absolutely amazing uh, that Republicans can still support this man and in such large numbers. I mean, he, he, he says very openly uh, what he's going to do. He's made the Republican Party the party of punishing your enemies. Uh, he talks about the, the, one of the strongest quotes, I think, from the, the past year. Uh, he said this in March at the um, Conservative uh, political action conference, he said, I am your warrior, I am justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. Yes. Uh, and and his, he's, he's motivated, I mean, when you, uh, on Tuesday night uh, after the New Hampshire primary, you saw his reaction to Nikki Haley's speech, and I thought, it, it, uh, one is always shocked by him, I never fail to, um, I never cease to, to be shocked by him. He was seething. He yes. was enraged simply because Nikki Haley did not immediately concede and did not pull out of the Republican race. He feels entitled. He yes. is entitled to be the sole candidate. And the nastiness, uh, which, you know, he, he talked about, he called her an imposter. Uh, and the imposter in the fancy dress. Yes. Uh, this is something he did to Hillary Clinton uh, back in, uh, gosh, it was 2016, wasn't it? Uh, yes. You know, criticizing her clothes. He he, he tweeted or or put on uh, Truth Social, his his social media channel, uh, that Nikki Haley was a bird brain while she was speaking. Still, before he gave his speech. Um, he 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 wrote delusional all in capital letters uh, and and uh, you know transmitted that on his his social media. Um, he's also reverted to uh, the the trick he used against Barack Obama many years ago, uh, which is the birther conspiracy theory. Uh, he claimed that he, yes. he deliberately mangled Nikki Haley's maiden name, which is Randahawa. Her her parents are Indian Sikhs. And so he's making fun of that and, and saying, questioning whether she was, in fact, really a, an, an American citizen because um, presidential candidates have to be American citizens. So this is the same old nasty Trump tactics. Um, the other tactic he uses over and over is he turns the accusations of his opponents uh, back on them you know, Biden says Trump is undemocratic. The Democrats point out that he uh, staged an insurrection against the, the results of the 2020 election. So he has at his rallies a huge sign saying Biden attacks democracy, you know, and, yes. and, and, he's, and he's, he's totally cheapened the word democracy. He says democracy, democracy, democracy. And he's convinced Republicans that the FBI is being used against Biden's enemies, that the Justice Department has been weaponized by Biden. So he turns everything on its head. Um, and it, it's really frightening because the, the checks and balances that to a certain extent kept Trump in line during his previous term of office are no longer there. Yes. Uh, he has a supermajority in the Supreme Court. Yes. He has six justices out of nine are, are, are conservatives, and three of them he appointed. Um, so the Supreme Court is not, well, we'll see what, what they say about his claim to immunity. I mean, that's another dictatorial thing. He, he says that a former president of the United States should be immune to prosecution for life. Yes. Uh, if that's not a dictatorial measure, I don't know what is. Uh, but so the Supreme Court is not a, will not be a check on him. 
Uh, the Congress is in his pocket. He's got Mike Johnson, who's a fundamentalist Christian and who is an, an election denier, is the Speaker of the House. Uh, he's got the most watched media in America, Fox News, uh, totally pro-Trump and supporting him. Uh, and even the civil service, which um, in some ways tried to break some of his most damaging um, initiatives during his first term, he says he's going to, he's going to sack tens of thousands of, of civil servants, whom he regards as the so-called deep state, uh, and he will replace them with Trump loyalists. In fact, there's a conservative think tank called the Heritage Foundation, yes. which is, is vetting thousands and thousands of people to fill those jobs of people who are not trusted by, who are not MAGA Republicans. Uh, so he will stalk the U.S. government with his own supporters, uh, persecute his, his enemies. He says he'll use uh, the U.S. Army to, to um, what well, he says, he'd be fighting crime, but he's going to use the U.S. Army against his own people. He's going to deploy the U.S. Army in uh, democratically run cities. Yes, Chicago is one, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York are among the cities that are threatened with this. One should also note a couple of things, I think, Lara, I'm sure you'll agree. Last September, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in the United States, Mark Milley, a highly respected soldier, had reason to speak to a Chinese general. There was a back channel there. I think it was about Taiwan. This is a perfectly normal thing. And Donald Trump said that Mark Milley should be executed. Yes. That's one thing. Let's go to another thing that wasn't in your piece, but I'm sure everybody listening to this will get the resonance of it. There's a woman called E. Jean Carroll in New York. She was a model. He has been found guilty of a serious sexual assault against this woman. He has continued to say terrible things about her. Mm -hmm. And he is now in court, quite apart from the 91 criminal charges he faces elsewhere. He is in court in New York fighting the amount of damage. She was awarded $5 million and he's fighting that. He's mm -hmm. going to lose it. But this is a man with a conviction for rape, essentially, against mm -hmm. him. Also, something that does not appear to matter to the American people who are on the Republican side. Now, this is the party of Abraham Lincoln. It's, it's stunning. Although I did see one poll that said that um, about, I think it was 23% of the, of the Republicans who voted for him in New Hampshire said that they would change if he had a criminal conviction. Uh, so that is one hope. Yeah, but he's in the process of delaying all of those trials, mm. isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we're not sure whether he'll be able to he'll succeed in doing that. But yes. Uh, and if, if he's elected, he'll pardon himself on, on the first day, the first day when he said he would be a dictator. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The question, Larry, that baffles most of us is the tolerance that so many American people have for a number of Trump's ideas. For example, the insurrection on January the 6th, 2021. Of Republicans who have been asked about this, more than 70% believe that Joe Biden is not a legitimate president and that Trump is right about that day. Now, it's very clear to most of us what happened that, on that day. And yet he has been able to, you know, promote that lie. And really, it still exists. And I wonder as an American, what he is appealing to in the general population. Is it blue-collar people? Is it people who are alienated? And if it is, and it appears to be, what are they alienated from, Lara? Uh, I think all of us in our lives, Eamon, have felt disrespected, wronged, um, you know, ill-treated, and and more and more so because of technology, because people are overworked and underpaid and they're rude and and so on and so forth. And and I I think that that feeling is especially prevalent among what I suppose you would call the underclasses, although the, the polls show now that Trump is supported by university graduates uh, and and women. I mean, people who were resistant to Trump before. So, I mean, he definitely appeals to this feeling of humiliation and anger and resentment. Um, That's one thing. I think also he entertains people. And time and time again, I've I've heard uh, Trump supporters say, 
he's funny. Uh, you know, they, 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 they dismiss some of the more outrageous things he, he promises to do as, as just jokes. They say, they, they take him as a joke. Um, they say, you have to take him seriously, but not literally. That's, yes. that's a famous quote of, of Trump supporters. I suspect that, I mean, I wasn't in Nazi Germany or, or fascist Italy or, or North Korea or uh, any, any of these places that have, you know, under dictatorship, but I, th- there's something almost magical about a dictator, Orwellian, this yes. ability to distort truth and have people believe it. I mean, the, the, the figure you gave of 70% of Republicans not believing that Joe Biden is the legitimate president. This is just stunning. And and the the rioters, the Capitol Hill rioters, um, hundreds and hundreds of them, I think it's six or 900, sorry, of, of them have been convicted or, ple- or pled guilty. And Trump now called them patriots. Uh, yes. And he's going to pardon them if he's elected, which means that there's no rule of law. Yes. And he's also called them hostages. And that is very, very emotive language. The other element in that is the threats he's made against prosecutors, the way he's talked about judges, and now judges hearing there are 91 criminal indictments. There are four cases to be heard that have massive implications. But the lawyers prosecuting those cases, the judges hearing them, are having to have police protection Mm. because of threats made by the man who was president and may yet be president again. And just to refer back to something you said, he he said in March, speaking to the Conservative Political Action Committee about what he'd do, he said, I am your warrior. Mm. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. This is heavy-duty stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in his Christmas greetings, he, sa- he, he said that his political enemies should rot in hell. Yes. Uh, I mean, this is a, a very, very nasty, angry, dangerous man. Uh, and and I cannot understand why Americans do not see that. I mean, so, well, I hope we'll, we'll know next November 5th if, if they do see that, um, if, if he's defeated. Um, but what he has managed to do, Lara, so far, despite the criminal indictments, 91, despite being found guilty of a serious sexual assault on E. Jean Carroll, despite being found guilty in a massive fraud case, in New York as well, despite these vile threats he makes, despite suggesting that the joint chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff should be executed, despite everything, he is probably the favorite. He is the favorite with bookmakers to be the next president. Yeah. It's it's really appalling. I I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm, well, I'm speechless. Me, yeah. I, I can't believe it. Uh, and, you know, he said he was praising Viktor Orban, the, the Hungarian autocrat recently, and he said, it's good to be ruled by a strong man. Yes. Um, it's, it's good to have a strong man running your country. And and I suppose maybe that's part of it. He, he conveys an impression, and it's merely an impression, of, of strength. 
Yes. Um, people, everything is simple. There's a poem by W.H. Auden called The Dictator. And he says that the, the, the stories he told were simple and easy to understand. Yes. And, and I think that's the case with Trump. He presents people with a narrative which, if you, if you think about it, is obviously false. You know, that, that uh, the January 6th riots were an inside job, for example, they were orchestrated by the FBI, you know. Yes. Um, but, but people are, you know, we're in a post-truth era, uh, and people will believe anything. It's, it's just stunning. Yes, it's, it's also believed that he was the most anti-Palestinian of any U.S. president ever. Definitely. I think you make that point in your piece. In a very significant move, he moved the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which was a very provocative thing to do, given the significance of Jerusalem to both Muslims and Jewish people. He said he will fix war in Ukraine in 24 hours or maybe 48 hours. You suggest in your piece that he will do that by forcing or trying to force President Zelensky to allow the Russians to keep the territory, they, the 20% of Ukraine mm -hmm. that the Russians have occupied. There's also, of course, something pretty well known, his kind of fondness, respect, shall we call it, for Vladimir Putin. Absolutely. He, he's praised Putin as well. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people suspect, and it has never been conclusively prudent, proven, but a lot of suspect that Donald Trump has been a Russian agent all along. I mean, you remember when he was first elected, he had very close relations with the Russian ambassador to Washington. Yes. Robert Mueller was, was, did a big investigation, which really didn't um, come up with any definite conclusions. But the assumption was always that, um, that the Russians had something on him. And yeah. we don't we don't know what was it. There were rumors of videotapes of Trump with prostitutes in Moscow, and there were all the other um, people think possibly the Russians gave him piles and piles of money. Uh, but he definitely liked Putin, and he had a big run in with Zelensky. You remember over um, he he rang up Zelensky and threatened to withhold U.S. military assistance for Ukraine if Zelensky would not investigate Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son. Yes. Uh, and yep. to his credit, Zelensky said no, but you can be certain that that did not endear Zelensky to, um, to Donald Trump. I'd, if we could revisit the, the, the question of the Palestinians, Eamon, I'm, yes. I'm really very, very interested in that. And I think that the, the war in, on Gaza now, uh, in some ways, is the result of some of, of Trump's policies. Let me explain. Um, Trump was believed that his great diplomatic achievement was what he called the, the Abraham Accords. He got um, Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, who'd never been at war with Israel, to conclude peace agreements with Israel, and Morocco. And the way he did that was he, he recognized Moroccan sovereignty over the Western Sahara, which is actually part of Algeria. Uh, it was totally transactional. Uh, with Israel, he, he recognized the Israeli annexation of the Golan Heights, which was illegal. Uh, not only did he move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, uh, the eastern part of which legally in, belongs to, um, you know, is part of the West yes. Bank and should be Palestinian, 
uh, he appointed an ambassador who openly, totally supported the settler movement, uh, who yes. gave money to the settler movement. He shut down the Palestinian representation in Washington, D.C. He cut funds for UNRWA, UNRWA, the, the uh, welfare and relief organization, which is the sole support for uh, many, many millions of Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza and in neighboring countries. Uh, and UNRWA, which, is, which has had lost dozens of, of employees uh, in the Gaza Strip under Israeli bombardment. Uh, and he, um, he adopted a peace plan. He sent Jared Kushner, his, his son-in-law, to, to yes. Jerusalem. And Kushner asked, um, asked Netanyahu, what would you like? And Netanyahu wrote down a list of things he wanted, and he said, okay, that's it, that's our peace plan. Um, so it was totally, totally uh, pro-Israeli, no concern whatsoever. Uh, and, and the Israelis have been emboldened by this, and the Palestinians became more and more desperate. They were totally, Trump and Netanyahu thought that they could just wipe the Palestinians off the map, act as if they did not exist. Yes, and in your piece, you suggest that Netanyahu may be waiting for a Trump victory in November, which would enable him to drive the Palestinians out of Gaza into the Sinai Desert, and it would enable Israel to annex the West Bank as well. Mm -hmm. We are in deep and troubling waters here, aren't we? Because he also has a thing about NATO. He doesn't really believe in NATO. He was severely critical of the Germans for not stumping up the 2% of their GDP, which they weren't, as it happens. He was critical of the countries in NATO for not paying up, but I don't. he doesn't believe in multilateralism, does he? No, not at all. I mean, interesting thing about NATO, there's a, I think it's Thierry Breton, the French uh, EU commissioner, just published a memoir, uh, and he he talks about a meeting at which he uh, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the Commission, and uh, Phil Hogan, the the Irish uh, former commissioner, yes. were all present. And Trump said to them, "If I, you know, I I am going to pull uh, the U.S. out of NATO. NATO is dead." Yes. Uh, so I mean that's the whole post Second World War international framework just crumbles if, yes. if, if Trump is elected. Yes, and and I note in your piece actually you refer to the Le Mans correspondent in Washington, and Le Mans is a very conservative French newspaper who asked the question or posed the question: Is American democracy entering its last year? And that is a question now that more and more people are, are asking. As an, an American, Lara, although long exiled in Europe, happily for us, <laughs> and, you know, somebody with vast experience, not just of Paris, but of the troubled places in the world where you so often were, what is it that we don't understand? about the American people that presents us with this dangerous man, really? I, I often ask myself, Eamon, is it the American, American people or is it human nature? Uh, right. Because a yep. majority of Russians support Vladimir Putin, 
who, who was a, a cruel, vicious, horrible dictator, a war criminal. Uh, and if you look at Europe, I mean, you say, as you say, Le Monde, um, which is the newspaper of record in, in France, uh, asked, is American democracy in its last year? But we could ask the same question of European democracies, yes. if, if they're going to last. You've got yes. um, uh, Georgia Maloney, who's from the far right yes. in, in Italy, although so far she's been relatively tame. Uh, Geert Wilders, a, a terrible anti-Muslim, anti, uh, Islamophobe, uh, anti-migrant, right-wing populist, um, just won the highest score in an election in the Netherlands. You've got Viktor Orban in Hungary, and one election that I'm Slovakia watching... Slovakia has just elected far-right. Exactly. Uh, yep. Fitzo, he's called. Yep. Um, and I'm really worried about 2027 in, in France. Um, Marine Le Pen uh, is just waiting in the wings and looks very... Could, could quite possibly become the next president of France. Uh, and so, so there's some kind of a, a snowball effect of this... Yes to this rise of, of nationalist, populist, uh, right-wing, autocratic, undemocratic politicians. And I don't know what, what it is in, in the atmosphere and the zeitgeist. I, yes. I, I, I don't know why this is happening all at once, everywhere, uh, but it is. And it's, it's very, very alarming. You know France so well. You're a French citizen now, I understand. Mm -hmm. And I can only congratulate you on becoming a citizen of the most civilized country in the world. <laughs> but they, they certainly think so. <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> I should say we certainly think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the threat to Europe, I mean, Ursula von der Leyen flew to Tel Aviv and endorsed Netanyahu's. It was a solo run. She had not consulted anyone else in the European Union. She is the president of the European Union. It was a remarkable thing to do. But the European Union's credibility is also on the line, isn't it? Yes, although she's been, I think she was quite chastised over that. Yes. Uh, it really, it was a very serious mistake, and I think she knows that now. Um, we'll see whether she's re-elected president of the commission uh, later this year. I mean, to, to be fair, Joseph Borrell, uh, who's the head of yes. foreign policy for the EU, has said some very powerful and true things, uh, particularly about the Gaza, the, the Israeli onslaught on Gaza. Um, so in a way, he kind of makes up for, for Ursula von der Leyen's uh, right. gaffe. Um, also, I think when she did that, the full scale of the horrors wrought by Israel on the Gaza Strip had not really taken yes. shape yet. I mean, it was, she should have known better, um, and it was starting. But, you know, I, I don't think she'd make that mistake now, put it that way. Just a final question, Lara, for our listeners. The race, presidential race, has Trump, we assume, and Joe Biden. Biden doesn't look as vigorous as you would wish. He looks increasingly frail. He has supported Netanyahu completely, unqualified support, and that, I believe, is damaging him with some young Democrats and maybe those to the left of the party. In your view, can he beat Trump again? 
Uh, I don't know, Eamon. Yeah. Um, you say it's damaging with young voters. It's va- damaging with um, older voters like myself as well. Yes, um, and me too. I wouldn't. Yeah. I'd find it difficult to vote for him. It, Maybe well, abstain. We, we, we may have to put clothespins on our nose like people do in France sometimes. Um, come, um, Nikki Haley said something I, which I thought was very striking uh, when in her what well, it wasn't her pseudo victory speech, whatever you want to call it. Uh, she said that that uh, the first party to retire their eighty year old candidate, well, Trump is seventy seven, but oh, yes. he's pushing eighty, uh, would would win the White House. And, yes. and I, I think she's right. And I, I because all polls show that Americans do not want a rematch of of Biden Trump. Yes. And yes. um, it's it's just ironic that both parties are are stuck in this rut. They've got these terrible candidates, both of them. Yes. And I I can't believe that you know I'm still hoping that somehow you know I don't I don't know anything about this Democrat from Minnesota who's uh, who, who who's now you know trying to um, challenge Biden. Um, but and and obviously Nikki Haley is not has not succeeded in in challenging Trump. But you just think there must be an adult somewhere, uh, especially in the Democratic Party, yes. who can who can draft someone younger, more dynamic, um, you know, to to uh, to replace Biden. I think if Biden really has the good of America at heart. He will choose. He will anoint a successor. He'll find someone. There's got to be someone better, yes. and yeah. he should. He should just uh, say, actually, I'm. I'm pulling out. Um, I'm. I'm 80 years old, and I think so and so should. I want so and so to replace me, and and the Democrats can, you know, they can hold primaries. They can somehow do it in a democratic legal way, it, it ought to be possible. Um, yeah, and Michelle Obama strikes me as such a person. That'd be great. Uh, a woman. That would be terrific. Someone who is proven as a campaigner mm-hmm. as well. But uh, I don't know if she'd want it. She, she never wanted no. her husband to be president. And she no. was a very reluctant first lady. I, I, I don't know if she would accept it. Um, but it, it, it's, it's really heartbreaking, the situation. It's, it's heartbreaking and very, very frightening. Thank you very much for joining us, Lara. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And the piece was published on the 16th of December. Lara has published much that is wonderful. Her work is wonderful. It actually reminded me of a piece Maureen Dowd wrote earlier this week. I read Maureen, like yourself, is a great warrior, Lara. But there was a distinct whiff of defeat from a piece she wrote mm. this week about the Trump phenomenon, so we'll just have to wait and see. But we're very grateful to Lara Marlowe for joining us, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.